refresher. It's all on here. Oh, okay, there we go. All right. Hey, Wit. All right. So, welcome to the Make It interview series. Today, I'm super excited to get to know you. So, if you could just tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, uh, where you went to school, and why you chose what you're studying. All right. So, uh, my name is Whitley Wit, the drummer, uh, Wilkins. I am born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, Decatur, East Side, to be exact. Um, initially, I went to school to study sports medicine because I thought I was going to be like a scientist as a kid. And, you know, your parents want you to be a doctor and all this kind of stuff. Um, but then I ended up joining the military after two years of studying. Um, and that I just I didn't even that wasn't part of my plans. It was just something I did at the spur of the moment as a way to leave the school I was at because I didn't like it. And I ended up doing six years, got out, and that made me realize I never wanted to work for anybody ever in my life, ever. I didn't want people telling me what to do. And um, after that, I decided, well, you know, I've always loved like being a drummer and music. And I decided to use my uh, benefits that I earned to go to Berkeley College of Music, which is where I graduated from last year, 2019. And um, it really opened up a lot of doors for me, showed me like a lot of things that I could do with music outside of just, a lot of people just think, oh, you can only be an artist or perform in some sort of way, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, and it really opened my eyes up to like producing. And um, I got a chance to live in Europe, studying there uh, for about six months, uh, studied abroad. And then once that was over, I moved back to Atlanta while I waited for graduation and graduation came and now I'm here and. Hollywood, California. Wow, what an epic story. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad you. you like took that leap. You're like, yeah, now nah, this isn't for me. And even, yeah. I don't know if you enjoyed your time in the military, but it's great that it showed you that you're like, I don't want anybody to be my boss. Like, I Never. want to schedule. And if I'm going to work the next 60, 70 years of my life, it better be something I like doing. So that's great. Um, thank you. So going back to when you first, you were in school for about two years before you left, you said? Yeah, I was going to um, Valdosta State University in Georgia. Um, it's a very small town um, compared to like me being from Atlanta, which is a big city. I just didn't really adjust well. It was just a very, it was a change of pace. It was a lot slower, um, a lot more uh, racist. I'm sorry, I just that's just what it was. And like, I just, all my friends, their parents were letting them transfer back to Atlanta to go to Georgia State. But my parents were like, no, you gotta hear. And I was like, yo, I need to find a way to where they're not supporting me and I could just do my thing. And to me, I just felt like the army recruiter, he just knew that the right thing to say that day. And I was like, if it's that easy, why is everybody not doing it? <laughs> and he was like, oh, everybody's not doing it because they can't do it. And I'm like, hmm. He just seen, I don't know, something just about him struck me as like, this is an honest dude. Yeah. You know, he was driving the M3 BMW uh, with the red velvet seats and stuff. And I was just like, all right, I mean, he knows something about something. So, I mean, I, I don't think he would lie to me. And sure enough, I mean, I followed his blueprint and everything worked out exactly how he said it would. That's awesome. That's perfect. Thank you. I mean, based on his car, it seems like he's living a good life. So, I mean, going a similar path and, you know, yeah. you'll get the same. Um, that's a good point. I just think it's so interesting um, that you, like, took that leap just talking to the recruiter and you felt like the energy was right. You're like, you know, I'm going to make this leap. Um, yeah. 
And so when you decided to go back to school, how did you choose Berkeley? And then what were some of the things that you really enjoyed about Berkeley? I chose Berkeley because I feel like if you're gonna do something or if you're gonna put yourself out there to do something, you need to do it to the best of your abilities. Like my zodiac sign is Leo. So it's just like in everything I do, I go hard or go home. Like I'm not about to half step or tiptoe or I'm a Leo. I have to let my mane, you know what I'm saying? I gotta let my hair down and just really do it. So my thing is if I wanna be the best, I have to study where the best study. And the best study um, at Berkeley, um, there were some other schools that people mentioned, people try to get me to like settle, which is like not something I like to do when it comes to like important things in my life. Um, so for me, Berkeley was it. I didn't even know how I was gonna pay for it. I didn't know nothing from nothing. All I knew was that, you know, this is the thing that like, you know, if I don't do anything else in life, this was my last, at that phase of my life, this was my last bucket list thing. So I was like, at least try, you know what I mean? And so a lot of people were telling me, oh, you know, you know, you, you got to know how to read music and you got to, you got to do this and you know, it's hard and their acceptance rate is not that high. And I'm just like, yeah. So if I get in, then that was my destiny. That's basically what that means. And sure enough, I mean, four years later, well, five now, um, here I am, Hollywood, California. I never, I never imagined I would be living here, but it's really been a dream come true. I'm so happy for you. You're Thank really you. making oh, like- Oh, what was the question you asked? Oh, I was just asking, um, what are some things that you liked about Berkeley College? All right, some things I like about it. Um, and your I got to, What I liked about it most was that I got to demystify it because there's a lot of things that people hear about Berkeley and all these different myths. And, you know, if you graduate, you must not be that great of a musician because you got to be so good. You know, I mean, just stupid stuff, mostly from people who can't get in, you know. So being a student there, um, I got to really just demystify it. And Berkeley is kind of like a, a breeding ground for successful musicians and successful people in the music industry. Um, I got selected for a lot of opportunities while I was there. Um, a cruise ship gig, um, I had took a semester off. I did, a, what else did I do? I did a couple commercials. I filmed a, a lot of stuff um, between semesters. Um, again, studying abroad, that was really dope. The military never took me out of the country, but Berkeley did, you know? And so just like meeting different people and just kind of, one of my teachers, his name is Jonathan Why Not? I'll never forget. He said, Berkeley is the place where people come from you know, their own respective lives and they come here to figure out where they are in the pantheon of great musicians. You know, Everybody's great there. So it was just really cool to see like, I'm not the superstar anymore. Everybody's a superstar here. And so it was a really, and if you've ever been to the campus in Boston, it's really not in like the nicest part of Boston. There's a lot of uh, poverty, like right on the, it's what, it's what you call an open campus. So the buildings are throughout the city. So there's like a lot of homeless people and just poverty and, and drugs and that whole crisis in Boston. But for this to be such a, a prestigious school, you would think like, how could something so prestigious be in the middle of so much chaos and, and just, who, whose idea was this? You know what I mean? But it's like, it, it kind of translates to real life. Like, you know, some, sometimes the most beautiful things are like a diamond in the rough. You know what I mean? And if you can tune out all this other stuff going on around you and focus on the core of what's there, 
I mean, it could be like a recipe for success. So that's what I took from it. And um, God is good. <laughs> yeah, that is incredible. That makes me feel like better about life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you find the best things in the middle of all the commotion. If you could just focus and like have that discipline and focus and like not get distracted. Definitely. I know it's maybe it was strategic having the open campus like that, having the diamond in the rough and you know, because I think it would be too um too like a dream if you if it was like a secluded campus, a dream of going to Berkeley and it was like hidden in this little suburb. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be real life, like you said. So exactly. sharing um your like experience at Berkeley. Of course. I got to know like some of the homeless people. I got to know them by name. They knew me by name. It was pretty cool. They became like our friends. And some of them have stories of musicians that they saw attend the school. Wow. And you're just like, dude, I, some people are like, I don't want to hear a homeless guy, you know, but it's like, no, this guy, you see everything. Oh, Grammy winners go here. Like what? You know, it's just, it's, it's just an experience. Like, mm-hmm. what are some things that you didn't like about your program or Berkeley that you wish uh, were different or that you would like add to? Some things that I didn't like about it. um, There weren't a lot of minorities in my program. Um, My major was music production and engineering and which is that's considered the harder or the hardest major at the school. Um, So with that, you know, there weren't a lot of minorities especially not minority females and by minority, I mean black. Uh, African-American, like when I graduated in the class of 2019, I was actually one of only two African-American females to receive that degree that year. Uh, That was a little disappointing. I don't know if, you know, students just don't challenge themselves to do it or what, but um, based on my personal experience, I knew this was what I wanted to do to get into that program. They interview you. And I remember one of the interview questions I was asked, don't know why, but I was asked, what are you going to do if you don't get into the major this year? And I believe my answer was, I'm going to cry, you know, <laughs> because I was just like, I, I know why I'm here. Like, I'm not, I was a, I'm, oh, a little, excuse me, I was a non-traditional student at Berkeley. So I didn't start when I was 18. By the time I got there, I was like 26. So I already knew what I wanted to do. And so, um, yeah, he asked me that question. And then the major came with its challenges. There was a lot of uh, nepotism and you know, people that were in the program because they knew someone or, you know, someone picked them or their parents worked for whomever and all that kind of stuff. And just all my life, you know, I've never benefited from anything like that before. So I had to work like twice as hard to really have a seat at the table. You know what I mean? Um, But I did it. I came, I saw, I conquered. It was actually not that hard at all. It was a very easy program. Um, I didn't graduate at the top of my class, but I didn't graduate at the bottom either. And uh, like, I just got it done, but for sure, I wish that there were just like, you know, more people like me, but like, you know, for that year, I was just able to, I'm glad I was able to like, you know, blaze the trail. And I think like the following semester, a lot more like minorities started, you know, coming to me like, wait, how's the program? Is it, is it this, is it that? It's like, yo, just do it, bro. You can get in, it's so easy. But just like, when you do it, commit to it because it's time consuming. You're gonna have, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. studio sessions for your class. You're going to have to produce artists. You're going to have to produce EPs. You're going to have to write real songs. 
you're going to have to mix these records. Like this is going to be your job. Like you have to commit to it. So if you can commit, I was just encouraging everybody like do it, do it, trying to get people like do it, do it, everybody do it. You get a major and you get a major. <laughs> That's awesome. People need to be encouraged. Like sure. Big leap and not everybody has that like hype inside of them to be like, all right, wait, like, you know, you know, you can do this. Like not everybody has that. So it's great to have people like you that are just like, like, why not? Like, why couldn't you do it? You just got to do it. Exactly. People like to ask why I ask, why not? Why can't I, you know, like somebody's got to do it. Why not me? You know, like, (laughs) exactly. You got to really like, I'm super self-driven and self-motivated. So anything I want to do, like, like I said, I just have this, like, Go hard or go home. No excuses. Just get. We'll ask questions later. Just get it done. <laughs> ask questions later. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, what are some other experiences outside of the classroom that you built into your like collegiate experience that have really helped shape you today? Um, I would say one of the most valuable experiences I had. Uh, at Berkeley, I got a chance to hang out with some of the professors. Um, outside of the academic environment and kind of see their personal lives and um, just kind of see some of these professors are Grammy winners, Emmy winners. Um, So one professor um, specifically, she was my mentor while I was there, uh, Dr. Terry Lynn Carrington, very personable lady, also African-American. She actually got a Berkeley scholarship when she was like 11, I think. And she's now like a three-time Grammy Award winning jazz drummer, producer, composer. I think, I want to say she's like the highest paid at Berkeley or something like that. Like this lady is like legend, like legend. So my dad used to always tell me about her coming up as a, you know, as a drummer, as a little girl. He used to always say, yeah, well, Terry Lynn Carrington, you know about her? And I was just like, oh my God, here you go. So when I got into school, to make a long story short, I ended up meeting her and we just kind of hit it off. I was starstruck, not gonna lie. Uh, I was starstruck and we just kind of hit it off. And I just really wanted to do everything, like every class that she taught, I wanted to teach it. Even if I wasn't eligible to be in it, I wanted to be there. I wanted to hear her talk, breathe, play, everything. And um, I got a chance to, um, I think like one year, I wasn't able to make it back home for Thanksgiving with my family. And um, she invited me to spend the Thanksgiving with her family. It was the nicest thing that anybody had ever done for me. And when I got there, like to her house and everything, she had her three Grammys were like there on this grand piano. And I was like, yo, this is, these are real Grammys right here. These right here, like the real thing. I was like, can I touch it? You know what I mean? Like, whoa. Um, and it was just, it was just a beautiful experience. She was just so humble and cool about it she wasn't pretentious she wasn't uh like oh don't touch my you know don't go in that you know it wasn't like that she was just really like very modest like this lady i would call her the the kanye west of of jazz because every table in her house had a magazine with her face on the cover every wall had a picture with her with like barack obama beyonce uh mayors politicians nelson mandela Herbie Hancock, all these different people. And I'm just like, you're, you're this person, but you, she does, she's a woman of few words. Like she doesn't say much. She doesn't talk very loud. Um, I think she's like, she kind of practices like Buddhism sometimes. Um, She's just really kind of like, she takes the back entrances and exits and everything. She's just a very modest person. 
And that was something that I'll take with me for the rest of my life. Just that experience, like for her to be so accomplished, you would think she would have like this grand personality and so many people love her and for her to be such a legend. But if she was walking down the sidewalk, you probably wouldn't even know you walked past her. And so for me, that was a huge lesson on just humility and modesty and how as an African-American woman, you know, you don't have to be out here trying to impress the world. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like your successes should only be shared with the people you allow in your circle. And she, that, that day, that holiday, she allowed me in her circle. And it really opened my eyes to like, wow. It, when you see somebody else do something, sometimes it makes it easier for you to see yourself in that role. And seeing all that with her three Grammys, like before that, I'd never seen a Grammy, a real Grammy in my entire life. But that day, it was just like, wow. So, I mean, that I took, I'll never forget that. I'll probably tell my grandkids and grandkids' kids about that. Like, that was crazy. That, and you told it perfectly. Like, I'm so enticed and I can just, like, I can just picture you like walking into this house and, I love the lessons that you took from it too. Um, the humility and the modesty. And, and I love that she had all those pictures of herself around the house. Like, hell yeah, like you did that. Like, she she no look at that. Hell yeah, that's me. Crazy, yeah. crazy. But at the same time, she's like, you know, she's she has humility and that's incredible. I'm really glad that you were able to like have that relationship with uh, one of your professors and a mentor. Um, I honestly think that some of the best things in college or best things that you can do is like have a good relationship with a couple professors or that one that's like your go-to or your mentor, your advisor. I think that can really make a difference in like the confidence and the learning of a student. Yep. It was just, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. It changed my life. Um, even to this day, you know, we're still very cool to this day. I'll text her. I call her Dr. C because she actually, she earned her, um, Berkeley gave her an honorary doctorate. And as I was, I remember we joked about it one day. I said, so Dr. C, you, Berkeley gave you an honorary doctorate when you didn't even get your bachelor's from here? Cause she never graduated cause she was so good. She was playing, she was touring and playing around the world at like, as a teenager. And she was like, yeah. And we just both like laughed. And it was like the funniest thing. I was like, wow, like legend. for sure legend holy shit um so now that you've had these like very recently you graduated you've had these amazing experiences what are some big things that you want to do or what are you doing now post-grad like sure um so I kind of got into acting uh a lot lately um while I was at Berkeley I kind of started I got some really cool opportunities I got a chance to do this tv show on BET called The Quad from just being a musician, having um, traditional marching band experience. Um, that opened some doors. Like I love networking. I suck at socializing, but I love networking. So whenever I get a, a work opportunity, I'm always networking and meeting people and trying to see you know, where this, maybe this opportunity can lead to another opportunity. So um, did that, met a lot of people on the set of the quad and then um, got a few more calls to do some commercials. I ended up doing a music video with J. Cole um, I don't know if you heard his song, Middle Child. He's like, he's counting me out. I'm counting me out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm in that music video as a drummer again. I'm going to um, watch it. 
Yeah, I got a nice little cameo in there too. See if you can pick me out. So see if you notice. But yeah, that was pretty fun. I met you now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did that. Uh, I did. I've done a couple commercials as a musician. Um, so now out here in LA, I really wanted to. I noticed like before I knew it, I had an acting resume from doing all this stuff. And so being out here in LA, I feel like three fourths of like two thirds of the population acts. Like that's like conversation starter do you have any scripts if you go to a party people pull out scripts and like here you be and I was just like what I thought this was a party you know this is weird but okay <laughs> but that's like what people do here and so I kind of got into it um I took uh my first couple weeks of acting classes from someone that I met who's also like a really great actor and I'm just kind of doing the thing I did a couple of uh T-Mobile commercials last week um I got contacted to do uh, a major campaign with a sports brand. I'm not gonna say too much about it, but it's basically, they needed a motorcycle rider. And so I'm able to actually get acting gigs from everything that I know how to do, whether it be playing drums, being an engineer, being a singer. Actually, I got a role in Shameless as a singer, um, just on some crazy, I don't even watch Shameless. Like I, I don't watch it, you know? I actually showed up to do background work that day and the producer was like, uh, does anybody here know how to sing? And I'm just like, are you, are you, are you kidding me? Like, I literally just graduated from music school. Like, you know, I know how to sing, B. Like, come on. So I raised my hand and me and these other girls, we, they wanted us to sing like a Negro spiritual. And it was so funny because they were like passing out the words and I'm like, one of the only black people. And I'm just like, I don't need these words. Excuse me. This is my code, you know, like, <laughs> but it was cool. Um, so now, yeah, I'm a singer and shameless. Um, that gave me the title of lead actress in the show. So, you know, that comes with its benefits. Um, what other show? I did this other show called Bob Hart's Abishola. I was playing organ in that show. Uh, I, I don't watch that show either, but uh, yeah. And so I'm just getting like all these different opportunities left and right, just doing things that I know how to do. And I'm just really enjoying it. I still uh, benefit from my military service. So just everything it really that really provides a foundation for me to just really get out here and do what I love just whenever I want or people always ask me you know what you got going on this week I'm just like nothing like playing video games and riding my motorcycle or whatever I feel like doing dude like it's really a good life it's really a good life um but yeah commercials tv shows and music videos and so that's what we're doing right now. I have a drum studio also in Hollywood, right on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, I just recently got that. So I'm very proud of that. So I go there and practice shit, stay there as long as I want. Um, it's just a life, a real entrepreneur life. Yeah, you're just, you're seizing opportunities left and right. You're creating and you're having them. Thank you. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you so much for like sharing this with me. And thank you. You know, I think I, I'm inspired. I know other students will hear this and be like, oh shit, like, you know, she can do it. You know, why can't I do it? Or, you know, mm. these are some ways that she's doing it. Like, I'm going to try that too. So I think that, you know, they're going to get a lot of value from this. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And I have one last question for you. Um, what is a piece of advice that you would give students who maybe like you, who don't know what they want to study and they're just graduating high school or they're undecided in college and they're kind of just trying to figure out what they want to do in school. I would say the best way to find out 
what your purpose is or what your passion is or what you really want to do is to stay true to yourself. And by staying true to yourself, it's very easy if you're really true to yourself. This is how you know when you've mastered it. When people start coming at you with all these different excuses as to why you can't do it or why it might not possibly work out or why it wouldn't work for you, most times when people do that, they're speaking on why it didn't work for them. But if you stay true to yourself and understand that you're uniquely you and nobody else on this planet is like you. So if you, you know, everything is from your perspective. So if you know who you are as a person, and you feel like even if it's just something you want to try, just try it. At the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? You'll fail. Okay, but so what? Everybody fails. Michael Jordan failed. Oprah Winfrey failed. Like every billionaire I know failed a thousand times. But the, the reward is in just trying. Some people don't even try. They just talk about it. You know, if I had let people, if I listened to people sit here and tell me, oh, you know, Berkeley is so hard and you know, you're going to have to read music. I've been reading music since I was in third grade and writing it, you know, but they didn't know that. And had I not remembered that, I would have let what they were saying deter me, you know, or if I had listened to those folks when I got out the army saying, well, you know, when you get out the army, there's no life after the army and it's going to be a hard time and you're going to be homeless and this and that trying to keep me from quitting or doing something different. I would never be in Hollywood today, living my best life, making twice as much as I was making now than when I was in the army, you know, so it's just super, super important that when you want to do something, you do it. And I always like to say, always make sure you're working harder than your haters because they don't take no days off. So you can't either. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again. Like, sure. Truly, that you made an incredible point when you were saying when like people tell you all the reasons why you can't do it. Most of the time, it's because those they, reasons they haven't done it or they can't do it. And like you said, you are uniquely you. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with failure. Nothing at all. I embrace failure. Like, oh my God. Because to me, every failure, like I always say my L's are lessons, you know, but every failure or shortcoming to me is a step closer to where I'm trying to be. Like some people, like I say, they're, they're not even trying. They're just out here talking and pointing a finger at what everybody else is doing. But it's just like, yo, we're actually out here getting stuff done. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> incredible talking with you today i'm so lucky to have had you on this interview um and oh, I really appreciate <laughs> <laughs> for having me i really appreciate it yes thank you so much for your time for sure